One. There are bad days to report earnings, and there are really bad days to report earnings. Yesterday was a really bad day. You know how analysts jump on the bandwagon, rah, rah, bull, race price targets? Well, they're jumping off the bandwagon now, and they're scrambling to get over each other. So we got a lot to talk about. A zillion earnings reports. Mark Chaikin joining us at 8.15. We'll get his perspective on the markets. It's Thursday, and it's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, folks, let's get the show on the road. Down 13 and a quarter handles, 45.24, trying to get back over yesterday's low. The buck continues to move higher. Not good for stocks. Up almost eight cents at 102.46. Another leg down in the bond market, down over a point at 121 at 6.30 seconds. Uh, crude can't hold up under the selling pressure of everything. Down seven cents at seventy nine forty two. Gold that is down four ninety at nineteen seventy ten. Silver futures they're going the same way. They're down twenty five point seven cents at twenty three sixty one. And Bitcoin, boy, Bitcoin's getting boring. Down thirty five dollars at twenty nine thousand two hundred and forty five. Let's poke the bear. Dennis Dick here. Bring him on. And uh, Dennis, just sentiment, you know? Sentiment has shifted. Was it shifting last last Thursday, right? Mm -hmm. With that Mm -hmm. decline or was like the Fitch downgrade? Was that just uh, (laughs) the catch me out? Well, actually both. So interesting. We talked about on Thursday. Was it Thursday the movie we talked about? It was. It was Thursday. Thursday was the key reversal day. And we talked about so many key reversals in the market. And that's what got us concerned. That's where I sold five stocks out of my long-term portfolio um, was back on Thursday because I was concerned that it could turn into something bigger. Then we had the relief pop on Friday. Call it the sucker's rally. And that's what it was. It was a sucker's rally. Even Monday, holding into Monday. But the Fitch was definitely the catalyst. That was what kick-started it. But the sentiment had already started to turn. You started to see, you know, not a good response. We talked about this, you know, last week. The response to earnings haven't been great. Even though the earnings were beating and 73% of companies had come out, they weren't holding gains. People were in profit-taking mode. You could see that. So for four or five days, the market just kind of sits there. And you could feel that this market is different right now because people are taking profits. And, you know, what we see here today, even from the analysts, is the same exact thing. The analysts are all taking profits. I've got almost 30 downgrades in my Benzinga Pro here, almost all to neutral, where people had buy ratings on stocks and the analysts are taking profits there too. So it's profit-taking mode here. It's not, you know, like this, like, oh my gosh, the end of the world is coming here. It's that we've been on a ridiculously overdone run and we need a cooling period. 
And that's what we're getting here now. Is it more than that? Well, that's always to be determined. But I think it's more than just, you know, the 60-point sell-off that we had yesterday. So I do think you have now some nervous Nellies here on strength. You're probably going to see sellers. We saw it again last night on multiple earnings reports, which we'll get to in a second. But the theme remains the same. The theme right now is profit-taking. All right, let's uh let's bring in Money Mitch here. I tried to I tried to convert you guys over a couple days ago with the forty six hundred level. We were teetering. Mm -hmm. We posted actually a new closing high for the move on Monday too. Not a new high, but uh but a new closing high. So uh, a lot to discuss here, uh, Mitch. Well, let, we got a lot of earnings. We got Mark Chaykin coming in at eight fifteen here. So. Should we get going on some of these earnings reports? It just real. Oh, the other thing I wanted to add: Can Apple and Amazon save us? Mm, I mean, don't you feel possible. like even if they have good reports, that people are going to sell into it? I mean, that's been the mantra. That it's possible. I think on any relief rally that we get on Apple and Amazon, I'm at fifty five percent cash in my long term portfolio. I may actually raise that higher if we get a relief pop on Apple and Amazon. I own Amazon. In my long, in my wife's long-term portfolio, so it's the one that you know I, I obviously have bought recently. You know, three months ago, there it's up like twenty-five percent from where she bought it, or twenty percent from where she bought it. So, um, you know, I'm long that one, but you know, I can't sell everything, right? So, I do think if we get a relief pop, I do think it gets met with more sellers here, Joel. I think there's people nervous now. I think that uh, one thing to remember, of course, is Apple's expected to come in on declining revenues, right? And I think that's one thing that uh, a lot of people aren't even considering, right? Apple's expected to decline in revenues here. So I think that we should probably see Apple get a little bit of a, a little bit of a tougher uh, environment here on their earnings report than I say Amazon's. I think Amazon still has the ability to come in here, mention multiple things of AI, maybe get their stock going. Um, if I had to pick one of the two, I'm going with Amazon also. Um, I just think Apple too, and you know, we can do a quick preview if you want, then we'll get into some of these other earnings reports here, but it's priced for absolute perfection here. They cannot say anything about gradual growth. They've got to say robust. They've got to say stuff because this is trading 30 times earnings here now. It's as rich of a multiple as Apple has been in 15 years or maybe even longer. This might be, I don't know, I don't have the history of P's. I don't track that. But I'm probably saying, because when we go back to the tech bubble, Apple was just not even you know in the cards because it wasn't really there. So like, I mean, it was there, but it was like sm smaller company then. So I do think that we're at this point here now where Apple is priced for perfection and it's going to have to be an amazing quarter for it to go higher. It might deliver. It may deliver, but I'm skeptical that it can deliver the, the bar that investors are looking for. I'm right, just going to throw out one number here. And, and for Apple, looking at this upper right chart, you know, big run consolidation with what the market's been doing. Um, but 192, I mean, it looks like if, you, if you're, you know, you're 191.71, it just looks like you're hanging there on a cliff here. Uh, several days. Look at that run. Really has a buckle. Now, Joel, 192 is what I like. Take your Jeff here. Mackey purple crayon. Hi, Jeff. Take your Jeff Mackey purple crayon oh. and draw. How steep is that? Oh, I, I wish mean, I could. We are up. That is like I a should crazy. Be that's been the craziest bull market for Apple we have seen in a long time. It took its market cap from basically two trillion to three trillion right there in the last four months. They are priced 
for absolute perfection here. It better not disappoint. Let's get into some of these earnings reports before we get Mark shaking on in just a little bit here, guys. Let's go to Qualcomm Q3 EPS coming in at $1.87, beats the $1.81 estimate. Sales of $8.44 billion missed the $8.51 billion estimate. They do see Q4 adjusted EPS to $1.80 and $2 versus $1.91 estimate. Revenue outlooks at $8.1 to $8.9 versus an $8.7 billion Outlook, uh, Qualcomm did say that Snapdragon will power Samsung's new flagship Galaxy phones and also said that 2023 headset units would be down at least a high single digit percentage due to weak macro and slowing China recovery. I've long Qualcomm in the long-term portfolio. We know I talked about this one last week. I had sold half when the stock doubled, bought it from 60 off of good Sean Udall there. And I sold half around 120 when it doubled. So I'm forever playing with the house's money on this thing. Um, it's kind of still where I had sold half of it. I know it had had the ridiculous run up to 180 and I was half in on all that. So it sucks that it's back down here at 120. I think if you got this thing, and again, I'm not buying the initial dips here because I just feel like we're not in the buy the dip market right now. I feel like we're more in the sell the rip market. So that's the consideration. But I do think like with Qualcomm here, I think there is value. I think there will eventually be some dip buying. But, you know, if it happens on day one, it bounces a bit. I think it just gets met with more sellers. I think if you got to that 105 area, I'm not saying it's getting there today. But if you ever, you know, get there in the next couple months, if we have a serious correction, I think, you know, that's an area where I might consider rebuying some stock. 105, 100, somewhere in there. Step down seller as we speak right now. They got their their foot on the throttle here uh, down at 117.33. I really can't give you any, like, reliable or what's reliable support in this market. Parallels in the lower 112 handle. Uh, let's call it 112.40. Uh, that's another five bucks away. That'd be down $17. That would be a lot, but that's what I'd be looking for in the short term and the lower 112 handle. And if you're going to be waiting on a gap fill in this one, 128.33 is uh, a ways away, 10 bucks. You're going to need a big relief rally to get it back up to that level. Did Qualcomm just give us a little insight on potentially what could come on Apple's report today? Mentioning slower China recovery is something that I would be thinking about going into Apple's report tonight. Apple is gotta, again, we're just gonna say the bar is very high. It's trading as rich of a multiple as it has in years. They better not disappoint. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to Oxy. You still got some Oxy, Dennis? I do, I do. I thought about selling it. Obviously hindsight capital is really 2020 here because I should have, I should have sold everything three days ago and I started getting bearish, but you're like, your raise are up to 55. Like how bearish do you want to get? You don't want it to like be wrong. And then you start missing the boat here again, but I guess you should have just sold everything. I'm still an oxy. Um, I'm still, and again, I had sold half of it. So um, I'm sitting here with half of it and looking and I was like, nah, Warren's in, I'm in. You got to own something. Adjusted EPS misses here on the estimate by about four cents on the estimate. Sales of 6.73 beat the 6.69 billion estimate. They did raise full year production outlook, um, but of course, trading lower after missing that EPS estimate here. Uh, Just to give insight there, I did get out of PXD, um, so got out of that one. I still have a little piece of, yeah. Did you take it through earnings? uh, PXD, yeah, I did. Oh, you Um, did? That was gutsy. Yeah, I, um, I'm still in my PXD I as mean, well. I mean, it was going I straight never... up, so. 
Yeah, I'm still on my PXD too. Those are the only two oil stocks I own. I mean, they print money, these things. I was looking at my portfolio and I was like, I'm in a lot of printing presses there. I'm in a lot of things that make a lot of money, um, yeah, which yeah. isn't a bad place to be. But again, if we're going to a bear market, they hit everything anyway. So yeah. I, it probably I was seeing was a yesterday sell like pop. a little bit of upside capitulation on that PXD. I think so. And, yeah. and then, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take these gains off, um, especially mm -hmm. if I'm starting to Good see call. solar get whacked. Um, I was expecting to see solar go up with energy continuing to rise. But now I'm also seeing 82 be a, a hard resistance for crude overall. Um, and so I'm looking to see if we can get crude also over 82, because if not, these oil stocks are going to run into a wall. No balance uh, to be found. Yeah, PXD also, you know, uh, some people were buying it predicated on uh, Exxon Mobil coming to the table, right? Yeah. Was that this, the Pioneer Resources? So a lot of people got their uh, their money back. Um, Dennis, um, is that going to be a new chapter um, in the book uh, during a bear market? Um, you have to own something. Is that is that what the uh, and again I think and Mark's I mean, excited to get to. on here because I think Mark's going to come on bullish. Um, we're not saying bear market here. I don't think I said bear market. I'm okay. not saying bear market. I'm saying profit taking and correction. So we are 100%. definitely not. We, yeah, we are were talking about that yesterday. In a bear market here yet? Bear market is twenty percent off the highs. We're one percent off the highs, guys. Two percent off the highs. Yep. So we are not talking bear market whatsoever. We're talking correction. We're talking a re, you know just some. Relief from relief from the relentless buying. Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking. I want to be very, very clear here because people will say, you know, and put words in your mouth. And I'm not saying bear market. I believe I've not said bear market once on this show. And and multiple people saying, why do you think this is a bear market? Because I said stocks are correcting. Doesn't mean I think that we're going 20% down from here. I think we need a healthy correction. Let's bring on Mark, see what he says. I think he's going to come on bullish. All right, let's do it, guys. You guys smash the like. Let's get it going. Mark, what's going on? How are we doing? It's good to have you back, of course. Mark Bacon, founder of Bacon Analytics. How are we looking, Mark? We're looking good. A little touchy there, Dennis. You did say if we're going into a bear market, you got to own something. So it's a question of where you put the emphasis. Okay, if, if we're going into a bear market. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mark, I'm still what am I defense for? If like, I thought, what? let's just say this, Mark. If I thought we were going into a rip, rip I wouldn't own 45% stocks right now. You wouldn't own anything. Uh, you wouldn't own a couple anything. of puts. I get it. So, so uh, I just think we've been so hot. This market has just been rip-roaring. And when I start seeing, I talked about this last week, when you start seeing bankrupt companies like Y-E-L-L rip-roaring higher up 300%, and you start seeing Tupperware go, <laughs> it's like they're just buying Nicola! everything relentlessly here right now. And I, I feel like we're going to have a cool-off period. So well, I think... I think we need a cool off period, but I want to get your I, thoughts. I do too. And I don't think it would have happened just because we were overbought or because sentiment started to get a little overheated. I think it required an exogenous event. Totally unexpected that uh -huh. Fitch did this. Um, but the irony is Standard & Poor's did this, as you probably talked about, in 2011. And people say, well, the market held together. It didn't. It was down 19.9% from the uh, May peak to the October low. So um, never underestimate the power of rising interest rates, to, especially in this environment where they're clearly affecting the P-E ratios of tech stocks. So uh, for me, the only quibble I'll make is I think we're having a pullback, not a correction. I define a pullback of 5 to 10%. Okay. And so, you know, I think 
Um, I would keep my hands in my pockets for another few days, maybe a week, and see if interest rates really pop above 425 on the 10-year. Uh, but I'm still looking at tech stocks, which are going to get a lot cheaper here. And I mean, on a relative basis, I don't think they're you know, going to collapse. But I'm looking at my favorites like Adobe and Fortinet. Yeah. But I'm not buying them right here. I, I, I want to buy them. So the difference is, and the S&P, the 21-day average, has held for, I think, three months. And we closed right on it. And for most stocks that were in an uptrend, the 21-day average was your um, sort of trailing support. I think if we are truly in a pullback phase of 5 to 10% in the market, I think 5 to 7% is more likely, then these stocks will go to their lower volatility bands. I use the Keltners, someone, most people use Bollinger's. So that's the difference between a pullback and a clear-cut uptrend. You don't buy at the 21-day average in a pullback. You wait for the lower band tag. And that's a difference in tech stocks of maybe 4 or 5%. In the market, it's 2 or 3%. So that's where I am, basically. I'll give you some I'm levels because I know Joel likes levels. So we'll... Mark, we'll you know, I just, I just want to add to this point. You know why I think we're not going to bear market and why we're not going down 20% is the Fed has so many bullets in the chamber here now. I mean, if we started getting ugly, they've raised interest rates so much, they could just pivot and the market would just rip off that. They could, they could just suddenly pivot. So if the market really started to get ugly, they could say, look, you know, we see this and you know, we're done here now. So it's a different animal here now. Like they have so much power to just start lowering rates to protect yep. the market if they want to. So it's hard to get on the full bear train that, well, we're going to revisit October lows or this was just yep. a bear market rally in the overall, you know, bull, you know, bear or or bull market rally and the overall bear market we've been experiencing for the three years. I think it's different. So I'm still in the bull camp overall, but I think like it's prudent to just take some profits and maybe we're, we re-enter when we get that five to 10% correction that you're talking about. Or yeah, I agree. Over the last uh, week and a half since we talked last, we got out of our options uh, trades in Generac and Microchip. And Good also, sell Generac. Also, I, you know, at some point that's going to be a buy because that was all supply chain issues. Uh, they, they reported a good quarter and people are still buying those uh, generators, especially in the hot states like Texas and Arizona. But uh, and we took our Allegro micro off the table uh, at a really nice price. But I'm still staying, you know, in very long term portfolios with Adobe, with Fortinet, with um, Palo Alto Networks. I just, I think you don't want to give these stocks up. This is sort of, I think, a Jesse Livermore market. You know, Mr. Turkey said, yeah. if I sell, I'll be losing my position. So I, I think- <laughs> I remember that quote. That's a good yeah, quote. That's a great quote. So levels for you, Joel. Uh, someone this morning, very smart guy uh, who you know, said, I think the 50-day average will not hold. And I agree that 43.95. Uh, so that takes you down to 40. Did I say that? I don't know. Did I say that? Or did someone that? else say that? You said a no, very smart guy. Said... No, it was actually Ed Yardani. That's okay. I like who's Ed. Been, okay. Who's been very bullish, by the way. Okay. And he's okay. now he's now on a pause. Uh, but I think 43.20 to 43.50 is probably where they should go. And that would be, you know, in the 5 to 6% range, maybe 4,300. And uh, it will affect small caps and megatech. 
because rising it's all about rising rates here don't over um you know complicate it this is just about the bond market's reaction to the fitch downgrade which should not have been a well, it was a surprise but it's it's meaningless because standard and poor's has been there since 2011 to double a plus we're on the line with Mark Chaikin of Chaikin Analytics. Joins our show every two weeks on Thursday at 815 to give his fundamental and technical views on the markets. Uh, Mark, I got to ask you here, uh, where are you at in the Bill Ackman, Warren Buffett battle here? Uh, Ackman just says he's just short a pile of bonds here. Uh, I don't know if he just did it now. If he's doing it now, well, man, he doesn't mind selling in the hole and and Warren says, nah, no, no worry. I, I'm buying. I'm buying treasuries here. Uh, the, I mean, you're looking at the 30-year bond. You're looking at the TLT. And what's that trying to tell you? Um, so whose side of the argument are you on there, Ackman or Buffett? I guess it depends whether you're short-term, intermediate, or long-term. On a short-term basis, I'm with Ackman because you've got all this um, supply coming in. The Fed's doing their refinancings and you know, short-term rates are on a little bit of a run here. But um, intermediate to long term, uh, I agree with Dennis. The Fed's pretty much done. I thought they were done before uh, the announcement of the the downgrade of the uh, credit for the U.S. But um, I, I just I don't want to be in bonds. You know, I think cash is great. Look, look what you're getting uh -huh. in money market funds and uh, 5%. I don't have to make a bet on long-term bonds here. I can, I can park my money in short-term funds and get 5%, 4-5%. That's where I want to be with excess cash. But I think we're in an extended bull market. I think we, we hit my summer target, Joel, which was 4,600. And yep. looking, looking for 5,000 to 5,400 by the end of, by sometime next year, election year. What so, do you think about that Fitch report? You know, um, I mean, it kind of is like all these things that people have been saying in the markets right. rallied 15, 20 percent. Um, gratuitous. What do you think about that? It was unnecessary. Gratuitous. It, it basically told us what we already know, that there's too much debt out there. And, you know, the stop clock guys have been talking about that for, um, I guess, for eight years, you know, before the uh you know, before COVID and before all the QE stuff. So I, I think it was gratuitous, meaning what's the point? All it did was, you know, wave a red flag in front of a bull, basically, and, and tell everybody what they already knew. We have too much debt in this country. But, you know, whether there's the resolve to do anything about it is really questionable with I just don't think it's going to happen. And they had to do it between five and six when the S and P's were closed, so Dennis could get, <laughs> so Dennis could get a leg up on me because uh, we in our spy uh, futures battle. But uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, by the way, I I don't think this is 2011, uh, meaning that uh, in 2011 you had had a huge bull run from the uh, March 2009 lows. Uh, we're barely into the bull market, you know, up only, I think, 25% at the high. And I just, I don't think this is meaningful. I think you wait for the bond um, rally to peter out. And again, look to buy quality stocks, cash, <clears throat> not cash burners, but cash earners um, mm -hmm. at their lower volatility bands. I could 
give you an idea of where they are and some of my favorite stocks, just to give you an yeah, idea of what the downside might be. So Fortnet um, just broke the 21-day average last night, yesterday. Lower band is around 70, trading at 74.32, which would give you about a 14% uh, drop from the previous peak of two weeks ago. Um, Adobe, which I love because it's both legacy yeah. legacy earnings plus uh, AI. Uh, Adobe, it's you a long way both, down. You and me both, Mark. Pardon? You and, you and me both. We love I, I love, yeah, I love some but, Adobe. Now, Adobe, the lower band is down around um, a level that I don't think we're going to see, which is maybe uh, 480. I, I don't think we're going to see 480. That would be another 10% yeah. down. Here, the 500 to 510 level may hold. Uh, and so, you know, that gives you an idea of what's possible. Palo Alto Networks, which we just recommended a week ago, um, that has a double top. So that has more risk down to maybe 220 from 236 here. But that's an idea of what's likely to play out. Um, in terms of Apple, let's just give you Apple. By the way, Google is my absolute favorite mega cap stock, bar none. You, you think uh, Apple gets uh, hit hard tonight on earnings, Mark? That I don't know. I, I, as someone said, I'm a quant, not a uh, hey, there, not a fortune teller. Good call teller. there, Mark. <laughs> uh, it it's going to be right a hard on, one, that's for sure. It closed right on its 21-day average. So, and there the um, the lower uh, Keltner channel, which is what I use, is at mm -hmm. 185. Love it. Love the Keltner channels. I've been definitely focusing on the trend. And now that we're starting to see the trend break here and a little bit of change also from the reports, right? We've recently yeah. started to get reports where we're actually seeing stocks get hit, even if they're beating, right? And one thing that I'm noticing is future earnings still not looking that great. And I tried to study a little bit of the dot-com era to try to relate it to this era. And one of the things that I could see in the dot-com era is was earnings started to come down and that's when that bubble started to kind of break. Is this what we're seeing here, Mark, or is this more long, just a healthy correction? It's a healthy correction. This, I, this is not at all related to uh, 2000 in my view. We saw that in February of 2021. That was the equivalent in tech of, of 2000. These stocks dropped 75 and 80% Peloton and even the tech stocks. What my favorite name in mega is alphabet. And it's not for the obvious reason. It's not all AI, it's quantum computing. And right. quantum computing is going to become a big theme over the next three years. You combine quantum computing, and there you're talking about Alphabet, IBM, um, you know, a couple of smaller players. That's where the big bull market's going to happen because medical advances, when you combine quantum and AI are just going to go off the charts and all sorts of other applications. So uh, Alphabet with that nice um, ad and search revenue and quantum and AI, they haven't even released their AI product. That's the stock I want to buy on a dip. If you get the gap fill, you may want to put that up. The gap fill would be, I'd, I'd be early if we get the gap fill happily. Mark, I want to ask you, what was the trigger on the Generac exit? I mean, you said you had some options. Um, did, the, did, the, uh, did the chicken power gauge change or do you still have the stock? Because uh, that was a pretty good timing on that one. 
No, uh, it was the options were long-term options. Um, it was just a feeling that the stock had had a run and was not positioned. It was a way to raise cash basically in our, in our options accounts. Uh, we have an options newsletter mm -hmm. called Chicken Power Trades. And it was just a time to take profits. It, it wasn't spiking up like the rest of the world. I, I would look to get back into it here as long as it holds um, 115, 120, close at 115. I think that's an overreaction. It was mostly supply chain issues, but that, it was just a field, uh, Joel, because we, we had some nice profits. Uh, we, we also took them on microchip, which wasn't as dramatic a move. Um, it was just a way to manage the portfolio and not stay 100% long. Last question, Mark, real quick. Uh, what did you think about Unity's earnings? It came in uh, still missing pretty big. I don't understand why they missed by 51 cents. There had to have been something underneath there. What do you see in Unity? Um, I, I see a potential oversold buy signal coming up. Um, Unity is all about the future. It's not about now. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it had been acting very well. Uh, not quite as well as you would have hoped given all the excitement about AI. But um, I think long-term unity is a great hold. It's just a question of buying it right. All right. And well, thank you. I, I would give the overreaction a couple of days. The, okay. The, in this market, two, three days before the sellers are really out of it. All right. We'll see what happens if we do get that market correction. Thank you for bringing us multiple outlooks for that. And like always, we'll definitely stay up with everything Mark Chaikin does. You guys can check out his Twitter right there in the description below and check out Chaikin Analytics. Check out the Power Gauge if you haven't checked it out before. That's um, Mark's. Uh, I, I, that's that's your baby, right? I mean, you put so much time, so many multiple indicators that got you to the Power Gauge. If you guys haven't checked it out, definitely check out the power and, gauge. and by the way the power gauge is still bearish on oxy okay thank you for a little added bonus it's always good to have are we you, part of the power gauge are we yeah. um like we, a we very, bullish baby should be an input i think it is mark no i think you're a coincident indicator oh. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be the I, main indicator i think we're, we're the contrarian indicator that's all i tell us but we're really the contrarian indicator in there. We're the Jim Cramer. Oh, no, the Jim Cramer's work. the weather vane. <laughs> you don't want to be Jim Cramer. We love you, hey, Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Great show, Thank guys. You, Thank you. Take Enjoyed care. it. <laughs> All right. Jobless claims coming in there. Yes, 227,000 versus 227,000 estimates. So don't worry, guys. I didn't want to jump in there. I don't think that's going to make too much of an no. effect. Jobs from here tomorrow, on, though. Jobs I mean, let's just be honest. Have these jobs numbers done anything for the market nope. in the last three months? Nothing. They're not interested nope. in it. They're not nope. interested in nope. that. I think we finally started getting away from all this economic data focus. Uh, we just want to hear about earnings. We want to hear about AI. We want to hear about revenues. And if anything, forward-looking stories, not necessarily uh, about jobless claims. I mean, I don't even think anybody trusts these reports anymore. That's the truth. Hey. All right, we got blue coming on tomorrow. Uh, ahead like of the blue? jobs number at eight fifteen, so he'll be on and guide us through the jobs number. Uh, I mean, you could look at it. Oh, weak jobs number. Oh, the Fed is done. Lower rates are here. 
Uh, if it's a strong number, it'd be like, man, you just can't break this economy. You just can't break it. No matter what you do, we just have such a strong economy. So the uh, that's a that's a very positive outlook on the jobs tomorrow. tomorrow. Mitch, let's pick it up on the earnings parade and maybe get back to some downgrades. All right. So remember how Dennis, you know, tried to put us on fast forward yesterday? Well, I, we're actually going to go on fast forward this time. Let's see how quickly we can get through some of these earnings reports because there's a lot to go through. I'm going to read the numbers, try my best not to give an outlook. I'll let Dennis and Joel take care of it. If you guys want to hear anything from me, like always, chat, you guys can mention in the chat, and I'll I'll take a look. Oh, yeah. Uh, We want Money Mitch comments here, too, but we're going to fast forward. I think we just go like you go, I go, you go, we go. Let's get it. Let's (laughs) get it, guys. PayPal coming up first. Let's go. PayPal holdings Q2 EPS $1.16 beats the $1.5 estimate. Sales of 6.81 beat the 6.59 billion estimate. The stock slides after inline Q2 earnings and active account numbers slip. Yeah, they say they don't like that. They're not seeing, you know, jump 7% revenue. So it was a f- okay quarter. It wasn't great. The stock has run up into it. But man, you're reporting on the wrong bloody day. Anything that reported last night reporting on the wrong day because we had our worst sell-off in a long time and the bears were just running with everything. Even the stocks that beat were getting hit. So here you are, PayPal, down $6. Good support down here at 65 to 66. It's trying to bounce where you think it would bounce. But with that being said, I'm just not in the buy the dip camp right now. I tweeted that yesterday. I'm like, I'm more sell the rip camp than buy the dip camp. So I think you want to let the dust settles settle here but i think you put it on your shopping list you know there is some support down here i just don't think you want it to be too early two areas of support dennis identified the first one multiple lows at the 65 and a half area take an eye on that and then another string of lows here at the 62 and a half area but right now let's focus on uh you got five six seven eight lows right around the 65 and a quarter 65 and a half area that'd be a target for me on the downside Let's go to the next one here. Shopify. Let's go to Q2 oh, EPS at 14 cents. Beats the six cent estimate. Sales of 1.69 billion beat the 1.62 billion estimate. Shopify gross merchandise volume was up 17% and expects Q4 gross merchandise percentage to be at two to three percent points higher than Q2. Yet taking a hit. This was a good quarter, but it reported on the absolute wrong day again and it's funny this thing was up five bucks last night and i was uh, just chatting with one of the traders at bright trade i was like you see shopify up five i'm like we should just blindly short this and not even worry about the quarter the quarter was fine but it's just not the day for it and i actually tried and it was starting to go like i waited you never want to i I like to shoot him in the back you know not in the front so it started to come down and I'm like, it's 67, 66 and a half, 66. And it chopped around there a little bit. And I was trying to get the short off just around 66. And I just missed it. And then she just collapsed. 65, 64, 63. And like a minute, I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, and boom. And then it goes red 62. And I'm like, wow, that was not up there for more than like two or three minutes. And then they turned around and just hammered it. Again, wrong day to report. Were you on Shopify. your offer, Dennis? Were you What's on your that? offer? Were you trying to short it on the offer? Yeah, well, it was chopping. Yeah, I was. Okay. You just got to hit okay. the bed. But do you want to hit the bid 50 cents down, Joel? Because it's different. When you're trading earnings, Joel thinks it's like open. You got a three-cent market. You got a 50-cent <laughs> freaking market. So you're trying to be high offer, be low offer. You're moving it down. You're trying to be low offer. And then other people are in the bots are getting in front of you, and it's trading ahead of you. 
it's not that easy. Like when you're trading these things on earnings, you, you know, you don't have like a nice little five cent tidy market, five cent bid, boom, hit it, offer 60, you know, 66 bid, 65.95, you've got them. But it's like 65.25 bid, 66 offer. So I you're know, like, okay, I I'll go 65.95. You're trying to get, you know, some sucker wiggle, basically wiggle. on the other side. Yeah. So just not thick enough. And it just tanked. And I was like mad at myself on this one. Blind, like I was, I tweeted this last night. The blind squirrels that are just blindly selling the pops are making money. Uh, 58. I know it's another 235 away, but if you're looking for your next area of support, uh, two daily lows, uh, 57, 93 and 94 back in early June. So I use that as a target and, uh, underneath that, the low of the move, uh, the gap day, I believe that was last earnings 5388. Let's go. Let's keep it going here. Let's go to Robinhood markets here as Q2 EPS here at three cents beats the loss estimate of two cents sales of 486 million beat the 475.02 estimate cryptocurrency related revenue is down 18% quarter over quarter transaction revenue was down also 7% quarter over quarter. But net interest revenues, of course, up. Of course, the Fed rate trying to help that out. Uh, but monthly active users were at 10.8 million for the second quarter, down about 1 million accounts, but still seeing more revenue per users. So that just shows me a little bit more that we're in a bull market versus a bear market. But uh, active users still down? That's not what I want to see in Robinhood. And the stocks went from nine to 13 in three weeks. So it's, you know, just now it was you know, obviously consolidating a little bit before that it's resolving itself to the downside. There's not a lot of support until I get to 11. The the, the rip last night immediately sold. Whoever's buying at 1280 is not looking at their charts. There was all kinds of resistance from 1280 to 1290. And again, reporting on the wrong day. The bots had it cool. up there for about a split second and then it just tanked. So the bots that are just blindly buying on an earnings beat are getting their asses kicked. Uh, you mentioned uh, the move. The whole retracement, though, is really closer from the $8 level, 8 to 13, 5. So that's 10 to half, 11. I don't know if you're going to see that today, but I'd be uh, more interested in a potential gap fill. Uh, just a little one. I like 1130 on the downside. And you know what? It already hit 1132. This one might be a little Of all the pre-market charts that I've looked at so far, this is like the only like the, well the only one that like okay you know like mm, we may not see the pre market low everything was else was pressing on the low the bottom of yesterday's range is achievable I believe in this one uh, if you sneak up to twelve eighteen which you could very easily do that was the bottom of yesterday's range. Unity Software Q2 EPS came in at a negative 51, missing the six cent estimate. Not sure exactly what, what happened there. Um, something had to have happened. I, I need to take a little bit deeper look. Yeah, some adjustment that it kind of weighed in there. Uh, but sales at 533.48 million beat the 514.18 million estimate. Now, when you look at their guidance, this actually looks great. Q3 revenues 540 to 550 versus a 500.2 million estimate. Also, full year 23 revenue 
outlooks also above estimates, even on the lower end. So this looks great. In the report, they stated that we're encouraged by the progress on profitability with the second quarter adjusted EBITDA margins at 18.5%, which compares to 6.5% in the first quarter of this year and a negative 12.7% in the second quarter of the prior year. So moving forward, closer towards profitability. Yeah, and this quarter was pretty good. Um, the problem is you've got major resistance at 45, and it's not surprising this thing every time it's sniffed into the 44s, it's struggling to get through there. So unless this market just turns around on a dime, this is going to struggle to get through the 44 to 45 area. So I think you want to be a seller on the pop, unfortunately, even though I like the company. I'm going to go a little bit lower than the 45, and I'm going to use the, the 44 is uh, the parameter. You did sneak just above it after hours, but uh, since the pre-market session, someone's like, they want out at 44. That's also yesterday's high at 44.03, so that's a big, I mean, that's identifiable resistance to me. Coming back on the downside, I mean, support at the close, and I'll give you minor support at the close because we know what AMD did going through the close, so no two days are the same, and Dennis, did you see where the AMD stopped yesterday? Right, Did the you, major support that it's had yeah. forever. I mean, support resistance just works, and all kinds of support that 107 area, and that's right where it stops. So when you're getting yeah, that short was of pretty stock, wicked. <laughs> that was a wicked move, though. We felt it in the pre-market. <laughs> I, everything, everything I wanted to sell, the rest of it, but I'm like, you know what? Separate it. You got to hold something. You like AMD long term. I wish I would have sold it all. Wicked key reversal. It looks like crap on the charts now. It's at yeah. support. It bounced where it should, but this looks like it could have a date with 100. Talking against my book, nobody does that. Take it, folks. Please mark that 107.50 area. I mean, that is just if you're hanging on to your AMD. I mean, that's just that's just a great level. Remember what was there? There was some bad news on it too. I remember it was trying to rally out of here. And it traded down like to 105 and a half, 106 or something in the pre-market. And then it bottomed like 107 and a half again. And that was part of the magical run there. So um, just real quick, let's, should we take a look at NVIDIA? Where, where are you guys buying the dip in NVIDIA? Doesn't that look like it hasn't even sold off yet? Yeah, I mean, it's still it up at the highs. <laughs> this is still, you're actually, if you're selling it today, you're still getting it right near the high. I think NVIDIA has got a date under 400. So I would be a seller of all rallies in NVIDIA. I think now it's going to break trend. I think the AI story will carry it later, maybe this year, or maybe even into 2024. But I think we've got a cool cool off period coming. I think NVIDIA is going to be a victim of that. SP's rallying, Dennis. Watch out, watch out on the offer. We side. want a rally. So I'm really hoping we get exactly. a rally so I can sell more stocks. <laughs> like I'm okay with the rally today. We too, want right? a rally <laughs> to sell more stocks. Exactly. We're not looking think... for so again. I'm in I moved the camp from buy the dip to sell the rip. I'm hoping for a rally to sell more stocks. Seasonality, you might not, I mean, seasonality, uh the usually based on seasonality from stock odds, the first Friday of August is usually up. Now we have a, a, a jobs number and the way it falls. So just keep that in the back of your mind uh, from a seasonality standpoint. All right, let's keep going. Uh, I can look at stocks all day, but let's do some more earnings reports. Let's go to Moderna here as they reported earnings. Q2 EPS at a loss of 362 beats the loss of 384. Uh, I don't know these outlooks, man, but sales of 344 million 
beats the 290.74 million estimate. They expect 23 COVID-19 vaccine sales of 6 billion and 8 billion. And I love how they include this little added bonus dependent on U.S. vaccination rates. Then when you look at the U.S. vaccination rates, Moderna COVID vaccines outlooks have dropped 94% in Q2 for the COVID outlook. Um, I I don't know if they're going to be able to hit that. Six billion Who's or eight billion. COVID shot. There is not a lot of people getting COVID shots anymore. There has so. been a spike, though. I will say there has been a recent spike in COVID uh, kind of infections. You're seeing it around. You're seeing people get sick. So when who o- when who officially declared the pandemic over? It was over for all these stocks. BNTX. I think BNTX is just sitting here. Uh, it looks like it's ready to fall off a cliff. I think it's going to go well below $100. I cannot be more bearish all these stocks. Sorry. So you're getting out of your Pfizer? Pfizer's already kind of been hit. Like, I mean, Pfizer's already... Like, well, how much revenue is the COVID shots now in Pfizer? I don't know. I guess I got to go luck. Maybe it's still a little bit, but I highly doubt. Pfizer's getting at a point to where it was before the pandemic even started here, Mitch. So yeah. Pfizer has a lot of other drugs. They've got a lot of others that diversified. These Modernas and BioNTech and forget about Novavax. That was just a disaster forever. Oh, you know, I think, oh, I can provide Novavax a short squeeze. And I think we're getting past those right now. So oh. Pfizer, a little different story, but epic disaster by me too. I've already owned that one. Me too. Uh, I obviously underestimate how much the COVID shots were contributing to revenue. Yep, I got it. I think I got it in the lower 40s, so. Just don't look at it. Don't look at the ones that go down. You don't look at the ones going down. Let's look at ALB because it's going up for me. Albert don't Merle. frown. No. Just don't look. <laughs> look at ALB and give me the earnings for this one here, Money Mitch. The key to All long-term right. investing. Let's go. Just this is actually well, it is. It honestly is. is. All right. Let's go to ALB's earnings here. Let's take a look. Of course, lithium Ooh. player here. EPS at $7.33 beats the $4.44 estimate. Sales of $2.37 billion missed the $2.43 billion estimate. Uh, they did see 23 net sales increasing 40 to 50 five percent year over year sees fiscal 23 adjusted eps at 25 to 29.50 versus 23.31 estimate that looks pretty good there definitely getting a nice lift here and this could maybe kickstart the whole lithium industry right why not if this reported this quarter last week when before we had this turn in sentiment this would be up thirty dollars on this. Yeah, maybe like two fifty already. It's up eleven <laughs> bucks only, and I'm long the stock. It's up eleven bucks only because it's reported on the wrong day. But this quarter is nothing short of fantastic. They're talking about making twenty nine dollars on the high end. The thing's trading with a P of seven. You know, like again, cyclical again. But they came out with seven dollars and thirty three cents of earnings. They were supposed to make four dollars and forty four cents. Oh wow! This is better than the Nvidia beat. That we remember it went up like yeah. that on, but it doesn't even matter because it reported on the wrong day, and they're going to see this as cyclical, and this is going to be as good as it gets because that's just what they do. They're trying to find the, the negative narrative here. I own this stock. I think it's a fantastic company in lot for long term. I know it's short term. I don't know if you're chasing it or not, um, but long term, I'm in from around this price. I'm averaging around I think 220, so I'm actually down in it now. Um, but I think if you're owning this for the next 10 years, I just see EV not going away. Lithium is going to be major. It's your biggest lithium producer, and they just print money. So I think this is a fantastic stock to own on dips long term. 
Uh, just for the short term, if you're trading this, you've had an extended decline. So you have some people maybe looking to get out. Um, I like when a pre-market level coincides with a daily high, pre-market high 1550 and your three-day high 1582. So if you want more follow through on ALB, that's what you need to get through. Get in the 216 handle, but resistance is resistance until it's taken out. All right. I did want to let you guys know I will be talking about certain stocks like this in the long-term outlook. I got a Twitter space later today that we'll be going to be talking about stocks for what do you uh, think ALB and long-term? Um, what do you think long-term? Yeah, that's stock? that's exactly what I'm talking about on 12 p.m. Come out here, guys. I'll give you guys the uh, Twitter space, of course. I'll give you guys the link for that uh, as we wrap up the show today. I'm going to be doing a Twitter space at 12 p.m on twitter talking specifically about long-term stocks right so alb will be a part of my mentions i'm going to be talking of course lithium names i'm going to be talking of course lidar i'll be getting into different areas sports betting we'll talk a little bit about some of the stocks that i look for on a long-term basis we've had a hell of a pullback in lthm here too and i own this one joel you still own this yeah yeah, yeah i still got I think it this right. kick once joel buys a stock it's almost impossible to get it out of his portfolio he holds longer than warren buffett oh so, it's from the 80s you know you i think stuff. you've pulled back enough on this lithium like i think eventually there's going to be you know some type of relief pop but again this is not the market to be buying dips but throw this on your shopping list too this lthm because in the low 20s i think this is a buy i'm long it yeah yeah Go ahead. Go what ahead, is Joe. Twitter? What I mean, X, Dennis, have you been as active on Twitter lately? I get these pop-ups like now and it's X, and I was like, what is that? I just try to X it off. I try to press the X, but then it opens it up. <laughs> I don't know if it's even spaces anymore. So is it weird, just like posts? What is he X's? doing? <laughs> I have no idea, what man. He but do? he is just destroying Twitter. He is absolutely destroying. Dude, that's it. what happens when you have money and you just don't know what to do with it. But hey, yeah. let's just keep going. Let's get to another stock here. Uh, this is a real disappointment. Let's go to Warner Brothers Discovery. They can't get things right here. Um, the Q2 EPS here at loss of 51 cents misses the loss of 39 cents. Estimate sales of 10.36 billion misses the 10.47 billion estimate. They say here that the WGA strike is affecting their cash provided by operating activities by 100 million. This does not look good. I, I don't want anything to do with this company. I've just gotten to the point, it's on the ban list. I'm not even looking at it anymore. WBD, good. Every job. rally to be sold, in my opinion. Every rally. It rallied again this morning. It was up a buck, and it can't even hold it for a morning. It can't even hold the rally for an hour. There's so many people who are just destroyed on this stock. It hit $78 during the ridiculous 2021 peak. It's now 12 bucks, and you think, oh, eventually, yeah, if I hold lines enough, it's going back 78? to 70. Well, it's not. So, what do you have? Uh, 27.50. I've got 70 I'm on yep. my charting. Maybe I'm wrong. 7808 on uh, March too. 22nd, 21. I, I maybe there maybe there was a switch of like company name or something, Joel. I remember them doing some funky stuff, but I got 78. No, what happened was this. remember this was that capital company that got caught and then something happened where it spiked on it. Um and uh, you guys remember that no, story? No, you you're thinking of um uh, Our charts are Chack is confirming it's plan B. I think it was because they had something to do with some spinoff or something, but I'm still showing 78 bucks. Okay. So I'm not 100% if that's right, 
but it's showing me a high of seventy-eight dollars, and it's showing me pretty consistently like trading. So I, okay. I think it's right. Uh, this is an accordion chart, so I'm just gonna pass on this one. Accordion to the downside. Next. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. We'll get out of this one. Let's go to the next one here. Um, an interesting report. Let's go to MGM. Um, I think this is interesting to kind of keep an eye out for because the casinos actually have been doing pretty well as of late. Ooh. International Q, uh, MGM Resorts International Q2 adjusted EPS here at 59 cents beats the 54 cent estimate. Sales of 3.94 billion beat the 3.82 billion estimate. Las Vegas at 2.1 billion flat. Regional operations 926 million minus 3% year over year. Now MGM China up 741 million it's up 418 percent year over year so I, I might be looking at macau uh casinos maybe have some really good numbers here bet mgm posting operating losses of 22.5 million uh, for the company for the quarter compared to a loss of 71.2 million a year ago and BetMGM reported that it achieved its first EBITDA quarter, positive EBITDA quarter, and remains on track to achieve its next milestone of second half profitability. And oh this came God. from MGM CEO Bill Hornbuckle. Wow, down 6%. This is actually an okay quarter, but this market is just unforgiving here right now. I mean, if you don't blow it away, you're getting hit. This actually is a pretty good quarter here. Pretty good quarter, man. And, pretty and, good quarter, and they And I've talked about 6%. how BetMGM is the best product in betting. I, I like MGM on a pullback here. Again, I'm not going in on day one because we're just not in this buy-the-dip market, in my opinion. Maybe I'm going to be wrong. Maybe we're just going to buy and we're going to buy and we're going to be back at the highs and we're mad we didn't do it. But I feel like there's more in store. 44 bucks though. This is 44 I, love I think you got to be thinking about there. putting this thing in your portfolio. So 46 it is right now. If it just gets silly town, 44 is where it broke out from in July. Mm -hmm. I'd say I'd say old support, old resistance becomes new support on this one. I'd say a big level ahead of that is 45, 47, because on that day that you made the low, blasted through 44, you closed right near the high of the session at 45 and a half, and then that was almost the exact low the following day. So ahead of Dennis's 44 today, look for uh, 45 and a half. I'll tell you what uh, tells us a lot today. Let's take a look at a stock that actually jumped up on earnings, but now getting crushed in the pre-market here. Let's go to DoorDash here. Q2 EPS at a loss of 44 cents. Misses the loss of 42 cent estimate. Sales of 2.13 billion. Beat the 2.05 billion estimate. They expect Q3 EBITDA 220 million to 270 million. And it was getting the lift. You see it on the pop, but now look where it's at. It's the, the algos news algos didn't get the memo that we've turned here and we're selling rips here now they obviously don't read my twitter because this popped up right to the old right, right to the high from three days ago yep, everybody's exactly. like happy sellers happy sellers thank you give me my money back oh i missed that well i'll take 91 oh i missed that well i'll take 90 oh i missed that well i'll take 89 oh i missed that i'll take 88 now oh i'm trying to get out at 88 i'm 22,000 shares on the offer i can see there joel some really? institutions like yeah 20 that's a huge offer for doordash it's traded 70,000 the entire morning that's probably not even like some of it might be even be finra volume here and you got 88 you got 22,000 just sitting at 88 trying to get out happy sellers all over the place in this thing not the kind of stock you want to own if you're going into a market correction and dennis is at uh 87.99 uh that's what i would do <laughs> uh, uh, you know. 
looking at this one, what did the yesterday's range uh, tell me? Not much. Uh, let's hold the top of yesterday's range as 86, 81. Uh, there you're still, you know, you're still staying in the green. Coming back, I think if they can plow through that seller at 88, I think he may wait until 90. That's uh, your two-day high, uh, 90 right on the kisser. But boy, oh boy, you're talking about the overshoot. Man, 92.61 was your three-day high. They took a little bit over 93. You may, that, you may regret these things when, you know, it goes through your price a little bit. But if you weren't out there at 92.61 on the way up, you had no shot at it on the way back down. All right, let's go to a stock that's just been getting wrecked the last three days. Let's go to Etsy right quick. Q2 EPS at 45 cents beats to 41 cent estimate sales of 628.8 million beat the 621.87 million estimate, but still just getting whacked. Decent quarter, wrong day, wrong type of stock to own in a correction. We're down nine bucks. Valuation is an issue here. You this don't have value good. investors coming in here. It's just not the kind of stock you want to own if you're getting into. And they don't mean they're making money now, but it's still 45 cents, 90 cents, a buck 50. You know, things trading 60 or 70 times earnings here. 80 bucks support, 80. That's a long ways no, down. Oh, I'd go. You're down nine sticks today. I mean, Dennis talking longer term, shorter term, shorter term. I think. Maybe if you could get there was a gap fill on uh, July 10th and 11th. So I'd look at uh, 85, 86 or just under 86. That's a buck away as a potential support point on the yeah. gap filled. And these gap fills could be important. I mean, if you were focusing on the gap fill in PayPal, right, after it broke down, I don't know if it was earnings or whatnot uh, back in early May. Look how it moseyed its way all the way back up to that area, filled the gap. So that's what I'm looking at in Etsy, E-T-S-Y. All right, let's go to one that uh, I took a shot in a stock that's related to it. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Let's go to Cigna. Um, we've been talking about these healthcare plans. And of course, we got CVS yesterday. We got also Humana, uh, Cigna Group here, Q2 adjusted EPS at $6.13 beats the $5.98 estimate. Sales of $48.62 billion beat the $47.13 billion estimate. They raised full year sales guidance. Um, it's, it's looking good here, at least on the guidance looking forward. Of course, probably just the wrong day to report. As six is just not getting the lift as expected. And I will tell you guys, at least I did take a shot on Humana yesterday. Did you? Got 481s and just missed my sale, but just like about a buck on the first sale. I was trying to get 490s. It went to 488.79 oh. yesterday. Uh, but we'll see if it can be able to get 490s today. I mean, you've got to know. And again, you need to, if you're a trader, you need to group stocks. And these are defensive. These are stocks that actually can go up on down days. CVS, for instance, was down yesterday morning on its report, but it's reporting on a day that they're whacking everything defensive and it's defensive stocks. stock. So yeah. what did they do? They turned around and just started buying the rotation. They just bought it from the opening print. They couldn't stop buying it. So Humana was the same story. CI is the same type of story here too. The market actually starts to roll over hard. CI could actually catch a bit. If the market starts to rally, CI could actually sell off. These stocks move opposite to the market a lot of times. Keep that in mind. It's hard. I know, Dennis. You've been preaching that to me for years. And it, it's, it's just hard it's to something. buy stocks when yeah. the market's going down. 
the I, I mean, there's, you know, quietly here today, like, you know, you've got Clorox. Let's talk Clorox earnings because reporting on the absolutely right day. Defensive stock reports. Give us the numbers here, Money Mitch. Got you in two seconds here. Uh, I'll get you guys those numbers here at they reported their earnings comes in at 167 beats the 118 estimate on EPS sales of 2.02 billion beat the 1.88 billion estimate. Now it looks like a, a pretty good outlook here also for fiscal year 24 EPS at $5.60 to $5.90 versus a $5.63 estimate. So good Clorox. day to report. <laughs> Fantastic day for Clorox to report. Not for most stocks, but Clorox is defensive and they blow it away and we're moving into defense. That's it's what they crazy. were doing yesterday. So it's not surprising that Clorox pops this much. I'm not surprised. On this quarter, it was really good. This should pop no matter what. But now you're reporting and you're a defensive stock. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm selling. You know, I'm getting killed and you know all these other tech stocks here. What am I going to buy? Let's buy defense. Let's buy Clorox. That's what they think. You Dennis, wonder, is there like, enough? Is there enough volume to get it to open up here? Yeah, it doesn't trade much, Joel. So yeah. I think so. I actually think it will open this. Uh, I'm going to give I'm, you guys quietly, one though, number. You Go know ahead. what's funny is Procter and Gamble getting no lift off of this. Kimberly <laughs> Clark getting no lift off of this. Yeah. Watch those this morning for a little sympathy trades here because if Clorox stays up seven percent, I find yeah. it's going to be hard to believe that Procter and Gamble is going to you know open red or Kimberly Clark's going to open red. <sighs> 164. I mean, there's nothing there on the dailies to uh, validate the 164. I think a reasonable target. Well, 163.42 uh, was an intermediate high. So we'll take a look at that. I'm going to wrap things up. We're chopping around pretty good here. Uh, that pre-market low uh, nestles in with the uh, July 13th low. So uh, a little confluence there. On the upside, we really have been choppy. But uh, since we made the low of the day, we have really struggled at yesterday's low, which is uh, uh, 27.75. So we get above that, a sustained bid above, you know, 45.28. We'll take a look at that pre-market high of 45.47. If, in fact, you breach that uh, that pre-market low, I mean, I don't know how excited I would be getting on the, on the downside there. So great show. Way to go, Mitch. Way to keep us focused. Thanks to Mark Chaykin for coming on and uh be back with you all later on have a great day have a good one joel and uh just saw this hit the tape just a second ago it looks like uh expedia's earnings are just, just destroying it right now you guys can destroying see this destroying the stock yeah and this just tells me watch out for leisure watch out for the cruise lines watch out for the airlines and even watch out for the turnaround in lodging that i've been pointing towards the upside you gotta know when to flip right now would be that time for me on Marriott and stocks like that. Uh, they've had their run. They've had their run. And now you've got to be careful for these pullbacks. Like Marriott's had a nice run. Airbnb's had a nice little run. We talked about how the 150 seemed like it was acting as resistance there. And now you can clearly see that pullback. I could see Airbnb coming back to 130, 125. Um, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, be careful. Also, cruise lines today, I could see those dropping a significant amount. Even Royal Caribbean that had really good earnings. I can see it coming back towards around 100. Um, that makes seems to make sense for me. Airlines, I'd be careful as we're starting to see Expedia really get hit. And Expedia was doing well, right? Um, we were thinking that travel was getting a nice little big boost there. And you can see it now. Expedia with a big hit.
huge. It's getting hammered here. I'm just like leafing through the report here right now because it just broke. And the numbers, initial numbers don't look that bad. But again, it's just the same story here. Expectations simply too high and you got to blow it away when your expectations are higher and it doesn't appear that they blew it away. I mean, the adjusted e- EPS looked good there. It's a 289 beats the 232 estimate. Sales yeah. just barely missed. 3.36 billion versus 3.37. Exactly. That's what we want to point to also is that this earnings really isn't horrible. It isn't a disaster report, but yet the price action is disaster, right? And I think that that's what we're pointing towards. And now I'd be really careful on these leisure type of stocks, travel type of stocks, as you probably going to see them start to turn here and now i'm kind of glad i got out of high hit uh took my money and ran on that trade as it starts to pull back really quickly we'll see what happens on these what a mess yeah this is also a time where normally like yesterday i talked about this on uh start swing trade and live trading this is when i start seeing the market rotate against me for a little while there like last week i had up to nine positions open long right like looking for like kind of big moves. Now, what am I down to? I'm down to three positions, right? Because we're starting to get this correction and we need what to do you still own? assessment. So right you... now I still have BJ, BJ, yep, wholesales, BJ wholesale. Sure. And you can see that just starting to climb. I've been trying to get it into that gap. It's zone. kind of a defensive we'll stock. See if I it don't gets mind there. that. Yeah. Yep. Department store, right? I have XOM, which I'm really keeping close towards this 104.50. 104.50s go, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. So if that 104.50 goes, I'm out. Like it's okay. clear as day right there. And then Humana is the last one that I have. And I sold PXD. I got out of a lot of the growth names, nice like even LAZR. Yeah, um, nice sell. Because it just, it's not going to make sense in this current environment right now. In the current environment last week, hell yeah, I wanted LAZR. In this current yeah. environment, I got to get out of some of these growth names. Some of these names like QS. Look how quickly these can turn right back around, right? So be careful with stocks like, let's say, Oh my gosh, I didn't even look at that one today. Just like that, poof, the entire rally's gone. Yeah, and that's how quickly these trend trades turn, right? We talk about this all the time, Dennis, that trend trading is really great. But it is also really quickly can destroy you. you. So you've you, got to be, be able to know when to take the profits and identify when those turning points can happen. I mean, and again, it depends on time horizon too, but there was a lot of tea leaves. Like sometimes it's really hard. And then last week there was just a lot of tea leaves telling us. And that's why we've turned, you know, and talking about this correction for the last three or four shows, because you could kind of feel it. The key reversal day, we were very bearish that show. Um, and bear, bearish is not bear market, folks. Bearish just means you think the stocks are going down short, short term. term. Bear, bear market is they're down 20%. So it's a big difference. But bearish, we turned bearish really on Thursday, last Thursday with the key reversals. We talked about that. And then we had Friday and there was like, I think it's a sucker's rally. I tweeted out, I think it's a sucker's rally. I sold a bunch of stocks into it. Um, it was two days and I was like questioning myself. I was like, maybe it's not a sucker's rally. But then the Fitch thing was catalyst to really kick start, start the profit taking. Now you get like, 40 analysts downgrading stocks today, almost all to neutral because they all had buys on these things. Like we can just go through the list. Like you got like just starting at the yeah, bottom was... here. Like, well, a lot of names, you don't know, but Qualcomm, Etsy, Roku, um, all to neutral, SPR it's to neutral. Love is to sell. Somebody downgrade, love to sell. SPG, COLM, DXE, Doximity. I mean, there's just a bunch of names on Who here. Who goes and, and puts Roku? Who downgrades Roku after that move? 
That's how you know they're like, man. Uh, they're ringing the register. They're ringing the register, right? They're ringing now. the register. I mean, the analysts are ringing the register, and the and investors are ringing the register right now too. That's why we're seeing the weakness. It's not that we have imminent, you know, problems coming on the horizon. There could be, but you know, it's more just Fitch was an excuse to take profits, and that's what the market is doing. Yep. And now we'll just have to see how far this correction actually goes. That's what we're calling for. It's that's what we talked about yesterday. Now it seems like we're actually getting some action to that correction. Of course, markets don't just go in one way. We could see a little bit of a bounce today. We'll find out. And of course, big reports tonight can change everything. Apple, Amazon, the big boys. We'll see what happens tonight. Of course, you guys can catch those reports right here on Benzinga, of course. Keep up with everything Triple D does. Dennis Dick, it's always good to have you, my friend. Go I'm do what hoping you do best. for a rally today. I'm hoping we can get a rally to sell more stocks not to like i'm not buying the dip here today i'm actually hoping for a rally to sell more stocks i think you still have this buy the dip mentality out there i think it's wrong i think you still have this buy the dip mentality out there which is going to allow us to maybe sell more stocks so hoping like buy the dippers come in emerge maybe after 10 o'clock get the two-day move here wouldn't surprise me if we could turn around and rally a little bit i mean wouldn't surprise me if we continue to sell it too but i'm hoping for a rally here to sell more stocks all right, we'll take a look at that. Like always, keep up with Dennis Dick. It's always good to have you, my friend. Go do what you do see best. Money match. All right, he's going to get to his trading action. Like always, we'll see what happens. You guys can keep up with everything right here on Benzinga. And later today, we do have a great webinar for you guys. We're going to be getting into pharma companies and a tough macro backdrop. Find out today, later today at 11 a.m. Our virtual events goes live there. If you want to find out, don't miss it later today. I'll give you guys the link for that right now. If you guys want to catch that at 11 a.m., that's when that will start. Now to bring you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next. I don't have Lloyd Ryan, but of course I have Nick Brown. So you guys know it. I'm going to be, you know, talking all about different trading action. And like I've mentioned a little bit earlier today, if you guys want to catch my trades, uh, my Twitter space later today at 12 p.m. Eastern, you guys can definitely check it out. It's going to be on Commonwealth uh, is link here. I'll give you guys here the post for the Twitter. If you guys want to go ahead and retweet that for me, I truly appreciate that. And I'm going to be talking long term there. For this bull market so looking at like let's say a one to two year outlook that's what i'm going to be thinking about so if you want to think think about long-term stocks go catch that twitter space at 12 p.m eastern now to bring you guys over to live trading action and see what we can find today of course i have three swing trades positions on can take some moo moo trades going to be looking at potentially even doing some shorting outlook um, definitely it should be a good time. I know the SQQQs are probably doing really good. I hope Ryan still has them. We'll find out, of course. Smash the like button, guys. Let's keep going and bring you guys over to the live trading that's starting up next.